What is happening, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Fresh Hope for a Better You. As always, I'm your host, Oliver Goulet, and I'm here to bring you some fresh hope for your day. Uh, as always, I just like starting off by saying how grateful I am to have all the listeners tuning in every single week. Uh, it's truly an honor of mine to be able to share my experiences, my journey, and all the things that have helped me get to where I'm currently at in life. Uh, today, we have another special episode on Thursday. I'm bringing on another amazing guest. You guys have been uh, telling me how much you guys have been enjoying that. So I keep trying to step up my game, bringing on better and better guests that have been through a lot of shit in their life that ultimately get to share their stories and help to inspire and impact you in some way, shape or form to become the best version of yourself. And today I am joined by my fellow Arte brother, Chris Asberger. Uh, Chris is a retired Air Force veteran. Well, thank you for your service, brother. I'm truly grateful for you and serving this country. Uh, Chris is also an incredible entrepreneur, uh, owner of IB Logistics, and he is also a true man of God, and I'm excited to dive deep into that conversation with him today. Uh, his vision is to alleviate poverty and make a difference in this world, which I can see he's doing every single day, and after listening to him today, you guys will understand how he's doing that. So welcome aboard, Chris. I'm truly grateful for you to join me today. Awesome. Thank you so much, Oliver. Thank you for that great introduction. And I uh, just, I know that God is going to bless our time here. The Holy Spirit's going to be here and your listeners, hopefully they, they, they hear exactly what they need to hear uh, because everybody here needs to hear something different. And I, I believe that God's in charge of that, you know, so I'm truly humbled to be here and uh, we've grown a, a great little friendship, you and I, over the past year or so. And I'm very excited to, to just talk about all sorts of different subjects here. Awesome. Well, why don't we get started by, you know, just telling us a little bit about yourself, you know, who you are, where you're from, a little bit of your background. So from New York, upstate New York, people like to, when I say New York, people think the city. I do have some city roots there. I did live for five years, my from, from eight up to five. Then we moved, but the city is definitely an impact on me. Um, so uh, went in the Air Force, had ROTC scholarship. My first assignment was over in RFA, RF. RFA Alkenbury, which is over in London. And I had the great opportunity to go on the first Gulf War, which that Gulf War, you talk about shaping events. You know, I was 24 years old and it really shaped me being in that war environment. We had five days of combat and it really, you know, people talk about discipline. People talk, I don't know, people know about the 75 hard program and the live hard program. Well, I feel like at 24, I was thrust into an eight month program where there was, you know, no regular sleep. You're getting woken up on a, on a cot. Hey, you got to do this. Hey, you got to do that. We had five days of combat, you know, no alcohol. You're, you're, there were actually, believe it or not, in the desert, we had weights. <laughs> there were actually weights in the desert. So we actually worked out. It was funny. I was an Air Force guy. But I was assigned to an army unit. So I was like one of the few Air Force guys with all these army guys and a lot of other international forces. We had the, the French Marines there, Italians there. So it was a very coalition force. But that time there shaped me at a young age that looking back now, I see how God orchestrated those events to put me there to get to where I'm at now. You know, and I'm 57 years old now. I've gone through a lot of different trials and tribulations from, um, you know, being married for 24 years and having a divorce and finding out all sorts of not good things going on in, in, in my marriage that I thought was good, you know, so you have to battle those negative thoughts in your mind, but all that shaping 
going through all those trials and tribulations, I think it, it prepares you for these things, you know? And then after I got done with the Air Force, I started a supply chain and information technology company called IB Logistics. And we've been doing that since 1999. And we still work with the Department of Defense, uh, working on our supply chain information information technology. So I really enjoy working with the military people. It's really cool that every day I can communicate with military people all throughout the world and help them expedite a shipment that they need for a jet to fly a mission or a tank to, to do a mission, stuff like that. You know, so it's really cool. People say, hey, I had this problem. And I love that we can go in there and solve that problem for them. So obviously I'm very pro-veteran, pro-military guys. A lot of guys that work for my company, we try to hire military guys. We try to focus on that. And uh, also seek alignment in their core values. And uh, a lot of times military guys just have a natural alignment with a lot of my core values. Um, so we like to start there. So it's cool that, that we've been able to run that business and, you know, been in that business for such a long time that both me and my partner are not really in the day-to-day -day so much as what we used to be before. And we can then dedicate time to growing the business bigger, focusing on our employees and also doing a lot of our pursuits or our, our things that really give us passion besides our main company. And that is about, you know, like you mentioned, transforming people's minds, body, soul, help alleviate poverty, not just financial poverty, but faith poverty, relationship poverty, health poverty, all these different things. So they're able to, to, to do those through opening up a, a gym in 2020. I also work in a, a ministry called Thrive Together, where I sit on a board and I actually coach people in poverty. There's about 10 people that I coach on an active basis and trying to help them move out of poverty. And that's sort of giving them strategic skills and tactical skills. You know, we work on a lot of mindset type stuff and just thinking about how you got to think about your daily, your daily vision and what you need to do and doing the work each and every day, besides telling them how to write a resume, how to get grants for college, all that kind of stuff, you know, financial management, all those really uh, tactical stuff. We try to give them big picture stuff to help them evolve out of that. So yeah, I, uh, my day is sort of very full. I, uh, I'm a guy that I'm a 4am guy. And, but I'm a 830 at night guy. I like to go to bed at night, 830 and wake up at four and I'm very disciplined. You know, it's funny. People around me, they see my life and they think that discipline and structure are like bondage in my life. But in me, it's like freedom because I just could do so many things. And I'm just like so joyful in the things that it, it actually frees up time in my day to react to when I'll call it a divine appointment comes my way. And someone who I'm coaching says, hey, you know, why these people probably don't have cars. Hey, can you, you have time to drive me here to this job? And sure enough, I'm at, so I'm all right, I go, you know, but if I wasn't doing all that structure and knocking stuff out from, I run three mini days, like in my let, I don't know if everybody hears about in my let's about mini days. He runs three mini days every day. So I run a four to 10. It's only six hours, but every day is every mini day is six hours. So in those six hours, that first six hours, I bang out stuff for my work, stuff for my mental health, my physical health relationships. You know, I work on all my pillars in that first six hours. And I do repeat it again for the next and I repeat it again for the next. And you just moves yourself forward so much. But if I didn't have that structure and that discipline, I'd never be able to do that. So. Yeah, no, Ed Milet talks about structure kills self-doubt, which is so incredibly powerful because I notice like if I'm lacking on structure and stuff like that, I wouldn't be getting shit done. Then I start having self-doubts. But when I'm structured in my daily disciplines and routines, like my days just flow that much smoother. And then when I am 
like very much disciplined, it opens up more time within your day to have things that life is going to throw unexpected things at you that you can handle actually compared to if you don't have that structure, because then you can plan ahead, which is just a great thing that I think a lot of people struggle with is like people like, oh, I don't like structure because, you know, it makes me not feel free. But discipline equals freedom. The more like discipline you are within your structure ultimately leads to the more you know freedom you truly have discipline equals freedom and a lot of people don't get that they're like oh i don't want to be as disciplined like that that's not free and it's like no the life you are living is unfree you are controlled by the things that you just randomly get thrown at you every single day and you're always reacting to those instead of being proactive and actually solving the problems at hand i know you touched about you being 57 years old but i want to just say this guys after you check out his social media Dude, this dude is in better shape than most 20-year-olds. I'm not going to lie, Chris. You absolutely crush it, man. If I can look like you at 57, I'll be winning in life. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> it's, funny. it's funny you mention that because that is – it's funny I just gravitate towards younger people, right? So in the last two, three years, I was strength and conditioning coach for a varsity football program, right? And these young kids are challenging me. You know, how much can you lift? They got 100-pound dumbbells and how many how – many, push-ups can you do and probably so it's so cool to 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 just be with those guys you know those young kids 16 year olds 17 year olds 18 year olds you know and just inspire them they're like because a lot of guys unfortunately even in football a lot of coaches aren't in shape you know and they can't do the things you know i'm running all the cardiovascular conditioning with the guys you know we'll do like an eight minute high intensity you know burpees and planks and just bang and i'm doing everything i'm like sweating you know and all the kids are like getting energy you know i just love that and I just love that whole physical side, just trying to maintain functional fitness. And, you know, I'll be doing this for the rest of my life. You know, I don't ever intend to, to not because I know that this is a key component to just crushing your day is that physical side. And that really where it starts with me is just disciplining my flesh, making sure, making stuff that I don't want to do, do so that it therefore leads into other areas of your life, you know? And it's cool that you mentioned that because this is the book I, I, I read in here, all right? which is the discipline equals freedom, you know? And, and it's so cool that, that you mentioned that because so many people do think that that structure and that discipline is just so in like bondage and they don't see, and I'm just like, it's direct opposite, you know, until you try it, you know, don't, don't knock it until you try it, you know? So it's really interesting there, you know? And for me, it's biblical, right? When you look at the Bible and you look at scripture, there is um, in Galatians, they call out the fruit of the spirit and two fruits of the spirit is self-control and perseverance. So you have to have self-control and persevere through these times. And I believe, you know, when I always go look, look back to the Bible to see if these principles that we're learning in Arte or other, other places are biblically based and when they are, then I pray about it and I figure out how I can incorporate that. And I ask the Holy spirit to, to take me over and guide me, guide me in those steps. You know, and what's the next step? You know, one of the things back in 1993, I tore my uh, right ACL and I never got it fixed. The, and so it's still flopping in there and that knee, knee spot and it, it swells up and I, and I go helicopter skiing, but I had to learn what I needed to do, what discipline I had to do so that I could live with this. Cause I'm a big guy against cutting, you know, unless it's absolutely necessary. So I just knew that if I learn things, I could absolutely compensate for that, that torn ACL and would still live a very fruitful life. So I had to, on that path, figure out what that was, you know? And one of the best things that recently has come to my purview is the whole cold plunging. I know you do that, Oliver. 
And, you know, I literally just started probably about eight, nine months ago. And it has been a game changer for my knees as far as doing the daily workouts, the daily weight workouts, the cardio workouts, the plyometric workouts, where before I would have to, you know, maybe pop some pain pills, get some ice packs, ice it down, that kind of stuff. Now with every day doing an ice cold plunge, I don't have to do that. After my, my knees are such good that going into the workout, that after workouts are not really impacted. And then I, I, I plunge at that time. So it really counteracts that. But once again, that only came to me this past like eight months ago, right? It didn't, I didn't have that five, six years ago because I don't think cold punching to me and my, where I was around wasn't purview. I didn't have that in my purview, but now I'm hanging out with people like you, Oliver, who does it all the time. You see people doing it. Hey, let me try that. And I find some people are just so, so against trying new things that they don't even learn what God wants them to, what God's trying to teach you, you know? Yeah. So I want to touch back on the whole structure thing, because one thing I've noticed a lot of people my age, the more like I get to know them and stuff and like realize who their family and stuff is, their parents were very disciplined with them. They were structured. They held them accountable and stuff like that. And once they started gaining their own freedom, they're like, I don't want that. I don't want the structure that I had as a kid. And they just go way off the deep end because they're, I think they're just trying to like rebel against their parents. I don't know if you've ever noticed that or anything with like my generation, especially like kids are just flat out like not structured not disciplined they just will do everything to avoid that because that's what they had growing up and I think that's just something that so many people are missing out on the whole point of life and just like self-discipline and just being able to control yourself because they thought that you know because their parents were so disciplined and stuff that they don't want that for themselves because now they're quote-unquote free but as you and me and many others know that are self-disciplined that's not actually free. So I'm curious what your perspective on that is. You know, you do see people being raised a certain way and then going direct opposite that way, right? In, in all sorts of our, our aspects of life, you know? And I do see that in the younger generation that that discipline and structure is lacking. But I think that mindset of, and it's not all younger generation, just some, right? So not it's not a broad brush, but there's a mindset of, of just, I'll call it just entitlement or laziness. You know, they don't want to do the work. Then and and really, the work I'm talking about, the work you know, people see me working out, you working out, or doing these things. And really, in the big scheme of things, it really is just a little bit. It's just a little bit of work every single day, being able to persevere through every day and and do it every day. That just stacks up, stacks up, and then God comes along and. He sees you working, doing all these things, and he's doing these amazing things for you. And, and just that's when all these big impactful things start happening, because I believe that's the way it works, right? You just do your little bit, and God takes you for the increase or whatever, whether it be a financial increase, a relationship increase, a faith increase, a health increase or whatever. You know, like I'll look at me, like my knee, I'll go back to my knee. Now it's like I have two brand new knees. I mean, I used to have pain going downstairs and all that stuff. But now with all the stuff that I've learned through this journey of eating clean, what stuff causes inflammation, you know, getting proper rest, you know, um, I use this medical device called the Beamer that that came into my life a couple of years ago through Arte and now cold plunging all these things together. But you have to have structure to use all those things. But the payoff, my knees, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like, bionic. my knees feel so good, right? No pain. I, I, and, and and that's so cool that you can experience that. And that's why I try to talk to, to the younger generation. Just do the work. Fight against your temptation to be lazy and things like that, you know? 
And I was raised very performance-based. My dad raised me and my brother just very performance-based. That's how he showed love. You have to do this to get this, do this to get this. There really wasn't unconditional love at all, except for my mom, but for my dad really wasn't. And he like cut it very hard to me sometimes. He's like, if you don't get a scholarship, you're not going to college, you know? So that was his, so therefore I worked my butt off to get an ROTC scholarship, you know? So I had to create my own structure in my life to get that goal. Cause I know I wanted to go to college, you know? Yeah. So see, I was a, growing up, I was completely different. My parents did love me unconditionally, no doubt about that. But I think it was almost to the point where it didn't push me to become even better. Like, yeah, I skated by in school. It wasn't hard for me. And I think ultimately if they would have pushed me to be performance driven in other areas besides like school or like football and sports, because I was a bigger kid, I was just decently good as an athlete. I think that would have helped out a tremendous amount because when I finally started to, you know, be performance based with my business and my physical health and stuff like that, that's when my life exploded exponentially. And I actually started to take control of life. And that's what ultimately led me to being here and having a conversation with a great man like you is the fact that I was the one that was like, okay, if I do these things, it's going to lead to me becoming something that I want. And I think like a lot of parents now are struggling with this, especially uh, because, you know, the world's just getting soft. We both know that like very much so. And it's just sad to look at it because ultimately like your, your parents should want what's best for you and always allowing your kids to have that easier path is never going to you know allow them to achieve that. And I think a lot of people really struggle with that. Like, especially newer parents are like, I want my kids to love me. I don't want them to like back out on me. And like, I think that's why there's so many problems in the world right now. And I kind of want to hear what your perspective is on that, on like the parenting side of things. Well, I think it's really interesting how you brought up the point, how you're opposite than me, but we've arrived at the same point now, you know, um, I look at my life. I'm so, I look at my dad and I haven't even talked to him about this. I'm like, dad, you know, I love you. And it doesn't bother me that you raised me performance-based because that performance-based has served me so well. And now I can point that performance-based activities and things that I, I, I had to develop because of that mindset. I point that to my faith, right? So that allows the faith now to override that. But I have this skill here that I didn't have before. But now this, this, this faith, I just point it to faith. So it's just so cool. And I think parents, when, when you talk about unconditional love, part of that unconditional love is to set boundaries, is to have vision, you know, a, a family vision. You know, I think parents should have a vision. I think husbands and wives come together, have visions, core values for their family, for their kids, and it all trickles down. And you do things together as a family. You know, there's many of um, husbands and wives in Arte that model that. You know, it's so cool to see them with their kids, teaching their kids and stuff like that, you know? And I just think that's so important to model that in your actions, but model it in your words, and then just transmit that down to your kids to say, hey, we're not just about sitting here, sitting on our butts, being lazy. We're about doing things, right? We're about serving. We're about impacting the world. You were all born with gifts and, and, and we have to deploy those gifts. So how can we figure that out? And I don't think you can start, you know, there's, there's no wage not to start at that, you know, young kids, you can start right away, you know? So uh, I think that's so important for parents to realize that when they don't talk about those things, their kids are going to gravitate to something else. Something else is always going to influence your kids. If you're not there influencing them and that's going to lead them down a path that you might not want them to have. 
be in, be in, you know? So I'm always like, be proactive and don't worry about it and just be proactive because I believe that the parents have a great responsibility. And once again, on the Bible, you're responsible for raising your kids. And that's like a wonderful blessing. It's one of the most important things to do, according to the Bible, is raise your kids in godly ways, you know? Yeah, exactly. So I was, I wasn't raised like, you know, how like a lot of our tape uh, families and stuff are doing it with like the core values and stuff like that. Like, I guess my parents just kind of like, you know, raised me to do the right thing and stuff like that. But like, it wasn't like a set like thing of core values. Uh, like, do you think that core values and morals are different and how they should be implemented into a child's life and into anyone's life? Or do you think they go hand in hand? Yeah, I think they go hand in hand, you know core values definitely need to be implemented and that, you know, they go hand in hand values, core value, you know, all that stuff goes hand in hand with your kids. Um, and then you, the best way, like Ed Milet always says, you know, actions are caught versus taught, you know, and then you just model those things, you know, and I'm going to be very open here in the sexual area of my life. I was modeled that woman was just an object. And to test drive loads of, of, of ladies, right? And so much so that, you know, adults in my life brought me to a hooker when I was in 10th grade to be a, be a man, you know? So I just know that you could be influenced by the bad core set of core values, you know? And that really hurt me with my marriage, you know, that whole... I'll call it sexual addiction that was cultivated to me back. That started back in like sixth, seventh, eighth grade, that whole thing. Uh, and it just continued getting to porn and all that stuff. But where I'm at now, I'm able to defeat all that because Jesus came and helped me, you know, and showed me. And I wanted to, I, I evolved through past that. But that's an example of family not having core values. Like they have core values, but they're not really moral core values they're not biblically based so you have to for me it's all based on the bible right it very much comes hand in hand of what i want to do in my life and the people i want around me and how to operate our lives through those core values you know and i believe everybody has core values they might not be aware of them but you know whether you have good core values or bad core values you have something that you value and that's an example of something that really hurt me in the long run it took me a long time to to be aware of that because that was one of the reasons why i had to get through a divorce you know and um then defeat that like go uh, and defeat it and really you know when i studied all the work on defeating a sexual addiction it takes five to seven years to really kick that and get rid of it you know and since 2020 i've been totally clean i used to masturbate all the time watch porn all that stuff nothing since 2020 but that's putting in the work i put in a lot of years of work um, from 2018 to 20, just trying to figure things out, putting work, self-awareness and with other men that were there in the same boat, going to the classes and all that kind of stuff and trying to wipe that stuff out. And I just know now where I'm at now, that will never be a part of me. That's just not, that's the old me and it's gone. You know, and once again, there's scripture that, that says that once Jesus starts that creation in you, he's going to keep creating the new version of you, you know, renew your mind, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's loads of great verses that support that, you know. Yeah, I totally agree. I used to be addicted to porn, all that good stuff. And I quit watching porn over a year and a half ago. And ultimately, it it changed my whole perspective. Because when you 
when you get so caught up in like watching porn and all those other things, like it takes away from what true love actually is. And I've noticed that. And I'm so thankful I did it at such a young age because that's something my father still struggles with is porn addiction. And there's so many men out there that struggle with it and they they're missing out on the whole point of like love and stuff. And I think that the younger generation is suffering so bad. And the kids that start watching now, especially with VR and all this other shit out there, it's just like, you know, kids are starting to watching porn. So young. I know I started watching porn at like 14 years old and I didn't quit until I was 23 years old. And that whole time, like it gave me a false sense of, you know, how things are going to work in the bedroom, how to treat girls. And, you know, you start looking at girls as like an object compared to another human being. And that's something that I personally noticed. And I think it had a lot to do with a lot of my last relationships failing because I had expectations that weren't fucking realistic at all. And I'd bring those into a relationship and then I'd be like, I'd be unsatisfied with it and then it just led to a bunch of fights and just a bunch of shit and it was just like okay and then i just switched girls which ultimately wasn't the problem the problem was i had unex like the expectations were so high and unrealistic that it was never going to be that way and now that i put that aside i found a girl that i truly love now and i and nothing's ever been better to me because of me putting that addiction in that vice in the past and i think that's something that's truly rotting kids brains and i think it's like it's it's a it's an epidemic in this country and it's It's something that needs to be addressed yeah very inspirational that you say that being a young person you know because it is prevalent in so many men and now actually females are getting addicted to it too you know and i think that's the plan right to get us not doing personal excellence like andy always says they want us over here doing this other stuff and you get addicted to the dopamine hit of having an orgasm and all that stuff and sure enough and you're not doing what you should be doing right not impacting the world not growing yourself not helping other people you know and and andy and andy for one of his things he talked about it you know about getting rid of the porn you know you need to get rid of that out of your life you know and i i think it's so cool that you say that and you're so young because i think that's what's needed because i know i work at a, a place called victory project a volunteer which is teenage kids right downtown dayton uh, it's an alternative to the streets it's a faith-based organization but most all those kids have porn on their phone and, and you know i and i talked to them about it I'm like you don't need this stuff you got to get rid of this you got to break that chain because all the things you mentioned porn does but the biggest thing for me what porn did was that well not biggest thing but one of the things it sold me the false lie that the only way to have intimacy is through sex and through porn porn sex. So since I've been clean since 2020 and I've been dating girls and we haven't been having physical, just, just something that I, I don't want to have physical until we get married, I have been able to realize that I have intimacy with a woman in ways I never had before. And it's better than the sex. It's better than any of the, just the actual, just showing up for that person, sharing and all that stuff. I'm like, my heart is so full. And I would have never, ever expected that because of the way I was raised. I was raised that intimacy is through sex and through porn and all that stuff. And all these, all these stupid expectations that you put on a woman and yourself even, you know, all that stuff. So it was so cool that as I'm going through this process, because God was speaking to me like, yeah, you need to get rid of this. As I'm going through that, I'm complaining to God. I'm like, how can you take that away from me? I like that stuff, you know? But then on the other end, he didn't tell me I've been going, but on the other end, then all of a sudden a revelation came. Oh my gosh, I have such great intimacy with this woman that I'm so full with her. It's like so good without having the sex. And now I'm just like, wow, 
that's now a foundation to build on because let's be let's be let's be real with each other. No matter what woman you find, there's going to be times where she's just not going to be ready to go and have sex with you, and vice versa. But that's not your foundation. Where that was my foundation before, so that leads to all problems, right? Now your foundation on other things, and now you're like, okay, cool. I don't need it. The next day, you know, you communicate. How about the next day or whatever, you know? And it's that is not the foundation. That's where I was before, you know. So. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. Every one of the relationships I've ever been in that we started off with the first date or whatever, having sex, it's never led anywhere. The intimacy wasn't there. And I think that with myself personally is like when I started actually going on dates and the thing that wasn't on my mind first was sex. That's when everything started to change. That's when we had real in-depth conversations. That's when I actually started to actually care about that girl compared to just wanting to get in her pants, which you know, I used to be a fuck. Like, there's no no way around it. That's all I used to care about was sex. Yep. And now that I've made that switch, it, I think it came in time where God finally put the girl that I really wanted in my life because he realized that that wasn't my main priority. And every one of the relationships I've ever been in, it was based off sex. And it led down the wrong path and it didn't work out because that's the only thing we had going for it. Like, we barely even talked or anything like that. The only thing we'd ever do is have sex and what kind of relationship is that? Right. I agree with you. My identity was was rolled into the amount of girls I had sex with. And guys in my circle love that. They go, oh, good job. You're, you know, all that, all this BS junk, you know? And then, like, you realized, and I think a lot of people in Arte realize that as you work on yourself and you become higher standards for yourself, then the right people start showing up in your lives. And I believe God orchestrates all that. So if you want to get married, right? And if you're not working on yourself to raise your standards, right? God's not going to give you someone that you should be married to. You know, he's going to give you someone who you're where you're currently at. And, and if you're out there having all this sex, you're, she, he's not giving you someone that probably is the same type of person. And, and you're not going to be able to grow that relationship. But as you work on yourself, I know definitely my journey as these things started, I'll call them these idols in my life, started going out of my life. A better version of a female would just show up and just show up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't know these ladies existed, you know? And it was so cool. So I think that's true in all your parts of your life. Uh, that as you level up yourself, whatever that definition is for yourself, better people start being gravitate to you because you're just going to naturally pull them to you. Yeah, exactly. Because I noticed when I've actually had a lot of guys reach out to me, they're like, dude, how do like, you know, how do you find the right, how do you know she's the right one? And yeah. I was like, can you look yourself in the mirror and be like, I'm the proud of the man I'm with, and I'm going to continue to level up, you will draw the law of attraction is one of the realest things on the face of the earth, you attract what you are. So yeah. when I was a drug addict, and I was a piece of shit, what was I attracting other drug addicts and pieces of shit? When I became, you know, a per, per like a purpose-driven male that was trying to accomplish something, and what did I start attracting? Purpose-driven women that are trying to accomplish things. And I think so many guys get caught up in the fact, like, yeah, they start this self-development journey, and they're in the beginning part of it. And it's like, do you want to attract someone right there and then that could still be a part of your past and try pulling you back to that, or do you want to keep working on yourself? And yeah, I get no one wants to be alone, but you really figure out who you are as a person during those times 
of just being by yourself. And when I was trying to find a girlfriend and I was like, really like, you know, I've been on my self development journey for over four years now. I, I, I want to find the one I was searching far and high every which way, all the wrong places. And I had to check myself like, dude, you know, if you go out to the bar, even if you're not drinking, you're not going to find a girl you want to be with. Like yeah. you're, you're, you're going down the wrong places. And I had to really evaluate where I was looking. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stop looking. I'm going to keep working on myself. And guess what? The Lord just went, Oh, here, here's Brisbane right in front of you. That's yeah. literally how it worked. And yeah. I was just like, guess that's just the mysterious ways the Lord works and yeah. having that faith. That's yeah. another thing. When I, when you first got on the, um, 1% call with uh, a bunch of the other Arte guys. And I met you for the first time uh, between just talking on social media. Uh, you really just like kind of inspired me to dive more deep into my faith because during that time I was kind of losing my faith a little bit. And I was in the transition of like, you know, I, I don't necessarily believe in everything with Catholicism, which I was born and raised. And like, I just didn't feel like I was meant to just go to a church on a Sunday and stuff like that which really made me dive deep into my faith every single day. So I just want to say thank you because now I pray every day. I talk to God. Like yeah. I probably talk to God more than anyone else, to be yeah. honest. Like, yep. That's just what it is. And yeah. it's yeah. not just like me asking him of things. It's me just thanking him for having yeah. these opportunities. And, you know, the more gratitude I express towards him and just, you know, I'll talk to myself and I'll talk myself through these problems because he's answering from above and he'll put what's needed in my mind and allows me to figure it out all the time because most people they're always looking outside for all this information for the answers but just to take the time to meditate and go look inward you can find every answer you're looking for it's all there you yeah. know all the answers it's just you're looking in all the wrong places you are so right so right and i think for me you know and like you it starts with our faith you know and, and each, each person's walk is is different you know and that's what's cool about our faith walks and for me, you know, I'm like, I'm like with you, I'm continuously talking to him all day long, you know, on different things, especially when, when, when the world comes at you, you know, when the tribulations come, when the storms come and stuff like that, and you might want to get sped up and you're thinking, you know, your mind think racing, you know, and I'm just like, Oh, okay. God's got this. I'm like, God, help me focus. Help me refocus. You know, I do some breath work and some of the best things that ever happened to me is I just have like a little silent time during the day in the middle of my day, I lay in my bed. I don't pray to God. All I say is, God, what do you want to teach me? How can I serve you? And I'd be silent. And every now and then, he'll talk, like I've heard my word. I heard the word Christopher, my name, distinct, like boom, Christopher in my room when I needed it, when I was really questioning my identity, you know, who I, who I was, you know, and he spoke another time to me when I was contemplating different things, what should I do? And he gave me the message, strike while the iron's hot. So then I moved out on that. So like those, just those two things. And another time he gave me a dream the, that night. He didn't answer that, but in a dream, he, he gave me an answer. So it's very cool that I've had other messages. I mean, I go back to my divorce. The whole time after my divorce, I was really beating myself up. But about a year and a half after the divorce was final, after I talked to him, I looked at my phone. I checked on my social media. I had someone reach out to me that really opened up the whole can of worms that my ex-wife was having an affair the whole entire time. That's God. I would have never known that. Never, never, ever known that. So, you know, and the thing is, Oliver, he told me that at the time, because if he would have told me that earlier, it would have been horrible. But when he told me I was a much better spot, I'm like, good. I'm not, I could have 
a lot of my friends, why don't you do this? Why am I, no, no, I'm going to let God, God reveal this to me. He's going to reveal everything else. He's going to make it all good for me. And sure enough, it's slowly been coming out, you know, about what's going on, you know. And through my divorce, I lost a lot of contact with my kids. Well, now my kids are starting to understand what really happened and they're coming back, you know. But I could have took that information and been a really jerk, you know, but I chose, no, I'm going to trust you, God. You revealed this to me at the right time. I'm peace about it, you know, because the person revealed to me, that person wanted me to help destroy this whole thing. And I'm like, nope, I'm, I'm not there, you know, so. Yeah, it's all part of God's plan. And I have to remind myself of that daily, <laughs> like yeah. daily. It's just like, <laughs> man, you want this to happen right here, right now. But then I think about all the shit that's happened in my life, you know. If my cannabis company, if the new facility would have been operational when it did, like, you know, when I wanted it to six months ago, I would have been in one of the worst parts of the recession within the cannabis industry where the market just basically crashed in Michigan. And that could have crumbled me right. or, or just there's so many points in my life where it's like I wanted it here and now and it didn't and it was delayed and it happened for a reason. And you don't know during that time because you just want it right here, right now. And you're like, why, God, why can't this just work right now when I want it to? And during those times, like Andy and them talk, Andy talks about it, is expressing, um, what is it? Um, aggressive patience, mm -hmm. expressing aggressive patience, doing everything you possibly can to make sure you're moving in that right direction. But big things take time. Like my new facility took almost a year and a half and we're just about there. We're almost there. My weight loss journey took over two years. We're almost, like, we got to the point where I'm happy with it now. And it's just like, these big things in life, you know, with us being huge believers and, you know, having such big goals, it just takes a long time. Like if God were to just be like, okay, well, here's this, this, and this right here, right now, we wouldn't be grateful for it. And we wouldn't enjoy it as much as we can. That's like the people that win the lottery. There's a reason they go broke is because they've never had to work for it and they don't value how much it actually is worth to them. They just blow all the money. And it just like, it's a very accurate thing in life. You know, you may want it right here, right now, but if you have to wait, the more you're going to appreciate it. And that goes with everything in life. And that's something that I've had to remind myself many, many times and just realize that it's all got part of like God's plan. And if, you know, if it's not going to work out, then it's not part of the plan and you don't know until you try. And I think that goes into another thing I want to talk about. It's just like fear. So many people are fearful to like, you know, pursue what they really want out of life, you know, whether that be because of, you know, their influences, their environment, or just people that telling them they can't do that, or they think they're special. Because I know when I started my self development journey, I was trying to like, you know, work on my fitness and help other people and do all these things. And people are like, why are you doing that? You think you're special. And then, you know, I let those people put doubt in myself, which I could have been a lot further ahead if I wouldn't have just listened to them. And I think so many people struggle with listening to all these external influences dictate how their life is going to go but the thing is they need to realize it's their life not yeah. the other person's and i want to hear what like your perspective is on that because i know you've had a lot of doubters and stuff in your life that have tried instill instilling that uh you know that doubt into yourself well i think it goes back to before i really found my relationship with jesus a lot of my validations came from external things came from people, right? So when they say things, you let them impact you because they are actually having, a, you're allowing them to have influence over you, right? So yeah, you know, people like Chris, take it easy. You don't need to, you don't want to be working so much. Oh yeah, you're right. I, I, I got chill, right? You know, all that kind of stuff. 
But now, when I have my identity in Jesus Christ to know who I am, and I know that, it's, uh, that I'm his and I have gifts that he's given me and that I don't know when I'm going to die. I literally could die after, like right now. I'm talking, I could die. Right, he knows, but I don't. So now when you have that perspective of he's giving you gifts, he wants you to deploy those gifts for his kingdom. So let's go show that aggressive patience, right? Full on the gas, but at the same time, knowing that God's really in control. So that sort of helps you battle those influences that are going to attack you. And for me, it's like just not letting external people be my validation anymore. And that was a big lesson that once again, God taught me that, you know, God really taught me that when he was trying to teach me unconditional love. And one of the things that he gave to me back in 2000, probably 18, when I looked at uh, the scripture, 1 Corinthians 13, four through seven, where it says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast, right? It does not, it's, it's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. Keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil. Rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, or always perseveres. Love never fails. Trying to do all that, that's that's tough, right? To, to, but he's he's training me on all that stuff right there on, on how to how to love people. And the only way I can do that is to truly not let these people put fear in me. Because when they put fear in me, then I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna go in my own little shell and 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 do what they're 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 telling me to do. You know, and that's not what Jesus wants us to do. You know, Jesus wants us to go above that. And and you look at Jesus in the Bible, he got persecuted by so many people, he just kept doing his thing. You know, so I just go like, go, all right, I'm going to do my thing and I'm going to try to lead with grace and truth and just put it out there. And hopefully I say it in a way that doesn't hurt people or feel judgmental or whatever. And hopefully we have that open communication. We can come to agreement on, on, on things, you know? So, yeah. And it's incredible because so many people, you know, they talk about Jesus and how he was able to persevere with all these external influences telling them like, don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. And everyone that anyone talks about that's done shit in life has done basically, you know, not necessarily what Jesus has done, but they've not allowed those external influences to dictate how they live their life. And that's why we all talk about them. That's why we read about them. That's why we all look up to people like that is because they did not conform to the pattern of this world like the world wanted them to. They went down their path. And that's why they're such, you know, so powerful is because they didn't listen to all those people. That's why, you know we have so much innovation in this world is because the, you know, the innovators, they just kept going. It didn't matter how many doubters or haters they had. They just kept going and they set up and they did something truly great. that gets talked about every single day and which allows us to be where we're at today currently. And last week I was interviewing someone and uh, we talked about uh, like what your favorite book is. And we were talking about self-development and he's like, you know, basically every self-development book is just a branch off of the Bible. Yeah, I and <laughs> so how do you what you have to say about that? Because that like that struck me, and I was just like, "Dude, that's real as shit, right there." It is. That's literally it. It's very funny you mention that because when I've gone to Arte summits or lives and things like that, and you have the speakers, I'll take notes, and then pass and at next to those notes, I will then go look up Bible scripture that supports those. And there's been people in Arte that have reached out to me, and said, Chris give me your download of what, what scripture is this and this. So I I've done that and they're like, Holy moly, you know? So I really believe 
that there's so much stuff out there that is, if the person is a legit person, right? Obviously there's some people in the self-development space that probably aren't biblically based, but a lot of people are. And I think that's another thing that we need to be aware of and pray for. Like I pray for that. I pray for that godly wisdom and discernment to figure out who the people are that I should allow influence on. And it may not take, it may not be the first meeting. It may be, I have to wait, like you said, I have to wait maybe several months to figure that out. Is, is this person someone I want to align with or not? You know, and there was a time in my life that I didn't even think about alignment. I seek the, I seek assignment all the time. Assignment. What can we do together? What can we do without alignment? And that caused a lot, a lot of pain in my life also, you know? So I think it's important to see those people. And I go, the, the Bible's right here, right here. And, uh, and I just use this, you know, and, and I, I, I read different things and it's very, very powerful to, to see um, how the Bible just validates so much of the self-development concepts that we are talking about. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So I want to go back and ask a little bit about how you made the transition from the air force to becoming an entrepreneur. What was that like? And like, what made you choose the path of entrepreneurial? Well, what's really great that when I went in the Air Force, I was an officer. So I always had um, management responsibility, leadership responsibility for like 20, 30, 40, 50 people, right? Um, my very first assignment, like I said, I was a 24-year-old and I'm in there, 23-year-old. And I'm, I am in charge of leadership and authority of guys that are in their 40s, you know? So you have to really learn how to be humble really quick, you know, because these guys could, could sink you or make you a star. You know, so I was very, that really honed my leadership side and, and how to really be a servant leader, sort of like what Jesus is. And then as I was in my Air Force career, I got stationed at a headquarters. It's called Air Force Material Command, which is sort of the logistics command for the Air Force. And I got to see all the problems in their supply chain. And as I was winding down my career, I said, I'm going to start a company to fill all these holes in their supply chain. So when I got out, that's what I did. And it was a very easy, natural thing to then pitch. Okay, I see this. You guys are missing this and this. I'm going to give you this, you know? And that, that's how I built the company on that, you know? So it was very easy because it, the Air Force provided that leadership. Actually, the Air Force even sent me to get my master's degree in logistics. So all this stuff, because in the Air Force, they want to push you and grow you. So there's different things. If you want to make this rank and this rank, you have to go do this and this. So along the way, they go send you to leadership schools and send you to get me my master's degree, all that stuff. So then coming out of the Air Force, you have all these skills already developed. And then if you're really keen, aware of the problems you can see when you're in the Air Force, and a lot of times when you're in the Air Force, because of bureaucracy, you might not have the way to fix it. Because, you know, unless I became a four-star general, I'm always going to be having to report to other people, right? Well, if I start my own business, now I'm not reporting to anybody, right? Now I can just go do, so... That's awesome. So is all of your work based, it's all government and contracts on? Yeah. yeah, it's all Department of Defense. So we, it's all, uh, like I said, Department of Defense, so Air Force, Army, Navy, Marine Corps, a couple other agencies, like there's an agency called Defense Logistics Agency that supports supplies and stuff like that. So we work with them. But anything in that sphere, that's where our main niche is, you know, because, and, and here's people go, why don't you go branch out commercially? And we have, we've done work with DHL and FedEx and and the stuff in logistics, but not a large pool of, of our revenue comes from that. And, and the reason being, I said, you know, to get to the decision makers in the commercial industry, I have to know those people. 
in the military, I know everybody. I was in the military since 1993. Like some of my friends right now are two and three star generals. So how easy it is for me to go to them, pitch them an idea because we're friends, you know, uh, mm-hmm. there's people that, that, that I play Frisbee with that are now like in, in huge, huge decision-making. So I'm just like, it's so much easier for us to just use our network that's already in the military to grow that business. It's not like the military doesn't have a lot of business, a lot of opportunities, you know? So that's what we choose to do because it is easier. Now we did try, I've tried many a times going like one company after like, especially when we first started, let's get some commercial business, stuff like that. After probably about eight years in business, we started doing that, but really we were always entering mid tier, couldn't get to the right decision maker and stuff like that. And then we end up getting really just a lot of waste of our time in that area, you know? So I think it's very yeah. important to figure out what is your competitive advantage, what relationships you can leverage to, to grow your business. You know, it's not like a shot. A lot of people just shotgun out to everybody. And we don't, we didn't want to do that. We niched down a specific focus area in the supply chain. And then we're like, okay, we're going to work with, um, you know, our contacts that we've already worked work for. Cause my partner, Jeff, he's a, once again, former air force guy. So he has other contacts. So we both together have different kind of contacts that are still viable today, you know? Yeah. So you said the power is in like your network and stuff like that, which goes into like one of the main reasons that I joined Arte is because it is such a powerful group of people with an amazing network. And I want to just hear like, you know, how'd you get into Arte and you know, what has it benefited you? Yeah. So that happened in 2019, May of 2019. I started listening to Ed Milet. And, you know, once again, I believe God brings all these, all resources that, that are coming from God. So as I'm listening to Ed Milet, I'm like praying to God, is this someone I want to follow and all that kind of stuff. And at that time, his podcast wasn't so focused about faith. It was a little bit about faith, but not like it is now. Right. So I got to feel that, that faith component. And even then I started listening to Andy and I, I felt a little bit about it, his, and then I'm like, okay, God, do you want me to go into this, this group, you know, and pray and stuff like that? And just things just lined up. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to take the plunge and went in and, and that is, you know, I went in for reasons of self-development, but from my standpoint, it's been really about faith. <laughs> this whole, the whole RK group has been about faith. It's been so cool. So it's really, really cool how, how that works out, you know? That's awesome. I love to hear that. Well, we're going to wrap it up. At the end of every show, I ask my uh, guest, uh, what book has made the biggest impact on your life? I know it's going to be the Bible, but what self-development book? Because every person I've asked has been the Bible lately. Right. But we all know that's, you know, the root of everything. Yeah. So the Bible definitely. um, (laughs) There's lots of Christian books that have really impacted me that are self-development books. Um, How God Makes Men is, is a book. There's, um, Hold on one second. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a get a couple. All right. Yeah. Get a couple. Hold on. The non-typical self-development books, The Measure of a Man, right? Is a great book. And Hand Me Another Brick is another great book. Both based on the Bible. And they, it's, it's amazing how biblical characters can teach you so many different things about the different self-development aspects that, that, that Ed and Andy and other people are trying to teach us. You know, I, I read all, you know, 
all that books I have. I've read Andy's. I've read, you know, all the typical ones that we all talk about, Goggins and, and, and everybody else. But the Christian books, they've been quite a surprise. But once again, it goes back to the Bible is the ultimate self-development because all these Christian books are all based on the Bible and they're teaching you so many great things, you know, and they're using examples from the Bible. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can't, I, you know, I, I just, just ran it all out. I'm just like so mind blown about what you can learn from the Bible, you know. It's got all the problems you can ever think of that can be solved by reading the Bible. And it's something that I've really started to dive deep into, and it's made a tremendous difference in my life. And I know every person that actually would take that takes the time to dive into it, they see the value in it. And it's funny because the more I started diving into my faith and reading the Bible, whenever I'm out going to coffee shops and stuff, I'm always seeing more, uh, you know, Bible study groups. I'm seeing more people just flat out reading the Bible in public, like. It's crazy how, you know, you start doing something, then you start to actually notice how many other people are doing that. And it's just such a powerful thing. That is cool. Yes, that, that is so cool how Ed talks about our rads. How once we start th- zoning on that, it just senses things and you pick up on things, you know? And that's, yeah, that is that is so cool. You know, one of the things that, one of the best things like one of these books taught me about is Solomon. You know, and Solomon had everything. He had everything. If you're not familiar with the story of Solomon, he had every single thing you could possibly want according to the world. But his ultimate conclusion was nothing compares to having a relationship with with Jesus Christ. All those things of the world, no matter how many women you have, how much riches you have, all that kind of stuff, nothing is compared to having that relationship. You know, so I'm just like, all right, if that doesn't give you the best example of you shouldn't be chasing these worldly things and these shiny things, you should be chasing God. You know, because he already did it, right? Solomon already did it. So I'm like, all right, that's enough evidence for me. I need to be chasing God, you know? And by chasing yeah. God, because God loves you so much, everything will ha- everything will happen. Everything will happen. That is very true. That is very true. Well, that looks like, uh, you know, it's about wrapping up time. And I just want to say once again, Chris, I'm truly yeah. grateful. You are a uh, leader that I look up to and aspire to be like when I'm older. And I appreciate all the knowledge and wisdom that you guys continue to share. Uh, through social media and stuff like that. Where can uh, my audience find you at? So on Instagram at killing it 24 underscore seven, or you could just go on Facebook. Uh, just pu- put my name in Chris Arsberger. You'll find me there. Um, you can also, if you're interested in looking at our company, um, just iblogistics.com on the web. Awesome. Well, thank you once again. And uh, yeah, guys, make sure if you guys are listening to this, you guys, I know there was a ton of value in this. Uh, If this didn't get you to dive deeper into your faith, I don't really know what else will because, you know, with Chris being such a great man of God and his life represents his faith with how blessed he truly is, that should inspire you to dive deeper into your faith today. And uh, if you know someone that might benefit from this show, which everyone could because this is an amazing show and interview, uh, make sure you share the show because ultimately it's going to help me uh, with trying to reach my goal of inspiring and impacting millions of people's lives throughout the course of mine. And you never know, you could be that missing link to help someone change their life. And that's all we got for you guys today. And always remember, there's a fresh hope for a better you. I love you.